It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Ron Johnson out, Sam Ekstrom in today on the Ron Johnson Show, joined by Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and we've got a great show planned for you. Out of the gate, we're going to tell you which Vikings rookie is going to have a big impact on the outlook for this season. I'm going to give you uh, a story about Anthony Barr hanging up on a reporter. What? What's going on with Anthony Barr? And golf comes to the Twin Cities for the weekend in Blaine. But first, a hello to Luke Inman from Superior Sports Talk every day with CARES, Reggie Wilson. Luke, what you got? Ron, you look a little different today. I don't know what diet you're on. I don't know if you're cutting weight or what, uh, um, but not quite as much bulk as I'm used to seeing. Ron claims he's 72% vegetarian. He's uh, he's upped it to 92%, and the result is me. Uh, in our opening salvo here, Luke Inman, I want to talk about Vikings players that might have a big impact on this season that you wouldn't expect. We all expect Patrick Peterson um harrison smith obviously eric hendricks we know who the real contributors are going to be but there are some vikings that are likely lurking behind the scenes who by the end of the year are going to have a big impact on this team might be a rookie might be a veteran backup um i'm going to give you a name and you can try this on for size luke i think andrew booth jr could have a massive impact on the viking success in 2022 second round rookie corner out of clemson and here's why I look at Patrick Peterson and his age and his recent injury history. You see the first sort of crack in the armor of Patrick Peterson last year with that hamstring issue. He misses time. I see Cameron Dantzler's injury history, and I have a hard time believing that he's going to play 17 games. He had three injuries his rookie year. Last year, he couldn't stay on the field either. He also got benched for Bashad Breland at times. He had a COVID issue. Um, Cameron Dantzler is still slight of frame. He is fragile, smaller guy. I know he's trying to pack on the weight. I don't trust him to play 17 games. Chandon Sullivan is a wild card. You don't really know what you're going to get from these new corners that are playing in a brand new system. But I will say this, Andrew Booth Jr., being the rookie, is going to be cross-trained, slot, and outside. That's typically how teams operate with these rookies. So if something happens to Chandon Sullivan, who might be the best option to fill in for him? It might be Andrew Booth Jr. playing on the inside. So I think he could be your number one backup at all three corner positions. And what do we know about corners, Luke? They get hurt easily, whether it's Xavier Rhodes, uh, whether it's Cam Dantzler, Patrick Peterson even proved he was human last year. That means Andrew Booth Jr. could have a massive impact by the end of the year. Your thoughts? Well, I think you, you brought up a lot of great points there, Sam. First of all, when it comes to cornerbacks, you just can't have enough of them. And there's always a rotation of three, four, sometimes even five guys on the field. So that's why I think it was such a priority for them to kind of replenish this 
somewhat aging when you look at the secondary with Harrison Smith and Patrick Peterson, as you said, 32 years old. How much does he still have left in the tank? And get some of these young, fresh legs in here. Uh, Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth Jr., Lewis Seen was brought in as well into the secondary. Andrew Booth Jr., I think when you're trying to find these guys that could make an impact as backups and who could flash, who are the diamonds in the rough? I think you always got to default back to pure talent. Who's just the best guy waiting in the wings? And I think Andrew Booth Jr. was a guy that a lot of people know. He was mocked in the top 15, top 20 picks. He falls due to an injury concern. But I think the Vikings got a great value there in that second round. And I think there's a lot of high expectations on Andrew Booth Jr. to not only come in and make an impact, but be a starter at one of those three positions that you just mentioned whoever he ends up beating out in camp it 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 basically what it boils down to in training camp we got to keep our eyes on because this is going to breed a lot of great healthy competition and we know iron sharpens iron like Mike Zimmer always used to say well this is what you're going to see in the secondary with Andrew Booth Jr and just a lot of new bodies in the secondary as well there's another guy that I was thinking about when you pose this question, who's a backup guy that could make an impact this year? Well, we know Dalvin Cook usually only plays about two-thirds of the season. That's just what the stats show. That's what history says. He usually plays about 11, 12 games. Let's say he plays that again. Alexander Madison, obviously the next guy in line. But what Kenny Nwangu did and showed last year showed me enough, and I think showed coaches enough, that we got to get this guy implemented into the game plan somehow, some way. And that's just as running back three. When and if Dalvin Cook does go down, I think you could see a lot more Ken Nwangu, especially when you consider the fact the writing may be on the wall here now with four running backs and Alexander Madison going into his contract year, likely not to be picked up by the Vikings after drafting Ty Chandler in the, what, fifth round, I think, this year. So I think Ken Nwangu, again, defaulting back to just pure talent. Who's the best guys waiting in the wing? Ken Nwangu flashed a lot. I think KJ Osborne gets flown out a ton. That's kind of an easy one. But if either of those top two starters, Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson, were to miss times, even just two, three games, KJ Osborne stepping into that number two receiver role. Um, I'll give you one more just to dig a little bit deeper. How about DJ Wanham? Quietly had eight sacks last year. We think he's going to be standing up as that outside 3-4 pass rushing linebacker. That's going to be new for him. But we know Daniil Hunter. We know Zadarius Smith. We know their injury history. If either of them miss any, you know, considerable chunks of time, four, five, six games, DJ Wanham, I would assume would be the next guy in line to step up there. Again, quietly had eight sacks last year without starting a ton of games. I think he could be another kind of diamond in the rough just based on pure talent now entering his third year that could step up into a, a kind of a bigger role than I think maybe fans are assuming going into this new system. Yeah, Wanham's a guy that needs to benefit from the new coaching staff because I don't think he was a great fit in the old defense. His mm -hmm. analytics were bottom of the league, and even his sacks last year. I mean, I'm, I'm the ultimate skeptic here, but six sacks, if you watch him back, they were all on broken plays where the quarterback ran around for 10 seconds and basically ran into his arms. It's not like he really ever had to beat anybody. His pass rush win rate was toward the bottom of the league. Uh, his run defense wasn't particularly strong. But maybe if you stand him up, you put him in a new position, uh, maybe you get better results out of his athleticism because he does have those physical tools. And I love Ken A. I mean, I think Ken A is going to occasionally be your number two running back. 
I think that it's going to be matchup-based. I think that Alexander Madison will get some run as your number two. I think Kenny gets some run as your number two. And maybe even drive to drive, the Vikings are alternating between them, which I, seems way smarter to me than just pigeonholing Kenny. Like, imagine if this coaching staff had Mike Boone all over again, Luke. You think Mike Boone would have mm. sat on the bench for three years like he did with Mike <laughs> Zimmer? No way. Mike Boone would have been, I mean, not maybe, maybe not a focal point, but a critical contributor to this offense. They can't let this happen again with my man, Ken A. Um, so I appreciate your thoughts on that, Luke. Quick pause to tell you about Blue Nile, whether you're ready to pop the question. I know Luke's done that before, or you're celebrating a milestone moment. Find jewelry as unique as she is with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose diamond shape, diamond size, clarity, and setting style. And all of those jewelry pieces are handcrafted and uh, one of a kind. If you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make the moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And that podcast exclusive includes engagement rings. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. Anthony Barr hung up on a reporter? Yes, this happened. Um, Chris Thomason, Pioneer. Now? Yeah, it must have been Hello? a bad signal. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press, um, good friend of mine, you know, very entrenched in the beat. He's been doing it for 10 years. And I know him really well personally. So let me just say this about Chris. He is as dogged as it gets to the point where he is going to wear you down. And sometimes he, uh, you know, might push you to the point where you don't want to talk. And that is just part of his approach as a journalist. And he gets a lot of information this way. Uh, but Anthony Barr, not really eager to talk about his free agency status. He's been sitting on the market now for four months. And he is not eager to talk any further. It's clear to me, Luke, that the price is not going to be there to the point that Anthony Barr was hoping. Anthony Barr ended last year in a pretty good place. He had a couple interceptions against the Rams. He avoided missing time due to injury. He had that kind of chronic knee issue going into the year, played through it, and played through it fairly well. I don't know if I want a reunion, though, with Anthony Barr on the Vikings because I think that it's not going to get better. It's not going to get better for Barr. He's coming off a year out with the peck, and then the lower body issues concern me greatly. I can't be convinced that the knee is going to be okay. And I just don't need to have his legacy, if you will, tarnished by, I think, an ill-advised reunion. I think that Barr had a great run. Eight years, played with Kendricks for seven, um, brought some amazing memories to this fan base. And I thought he was courageous last year to like kind of battle through that knee and play really well. He was a top 25 PFF linebacker. I'm okay calling it quits at this point. I don't need him on this defense. And frankly, I'm not sure where he fits on this defense. Uh, Luke, would you embrace a bar reunion or should the mutual parting of ways just kind of get on with it and let Barr go about his career with someone else? No, I think you're right, Sam. Uh, you got to know when to hold him, got to know when to fold him. I think you're right. Why ruin this 
What a great, obviously, comes out, top 10 pick, Mike Zimmer's very first pick, his baby. He's the defensive pick for the defensive coach that he's going to mold and turn into kind of his core piece and build everything else around in the front seven. And that's exactly what he turned into, wore the green dot multiple years in a row. Um, and, and I think that he had a great run, part of that 2017 Vikings uh, all-historic defense, broke so many records in 2017, best third-down defense in NFL history. Um, I think it's time, though. You're right. Uh, between the coaching change, the new regime coming in, the new front office, the players that you've brought in, just from a personnel standpoint, I'm not sure he would even beat out any of these top four guys anyways. I think he fits more as an inside linebacker now at this point in his career in a 3-4, and you're looking at, looking at Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks. Maybe he could beat out Jordan Hicks, but I think you give the edge to Jordan Hicks right away anyways. It's nice to have an extra body, some good depth, some veteran leadership, if you will. Hashtag chemistry with Eric Kendricks. But, you know, now you draft a third-round pick, Brian Asamoah. I just don't think that between all the different factors and variables, where he's at at this point in his career, the injuries that he sustained and constantly tried to come back from, I'm not sure any team really wants to give him any type of big contract or big money because he's not worth the risk at this point, proving that he can't stay healthy for 16 games. I think it was rumored Washington. I know you mentioned Dallas, maybe some potential landing spots. I think th both those teams make a lot of sense. Listen, he was overshadowed last year on a really bad defense. And I know he uh, had the pec injury. I think he played 11, 12 games. Still had 72 tackles, three and a half tackles for a loss. I think three sacks, three interceptions, five passes deflected, still gets his hands on the ball quite a bit. So he can still play in the NFL and some team can get their money's worth out of Anthony Barr, no doubt. But is it in Minnesota? I think that chapter in the book has finally closed. Yeah, Whoever gets him, wherever he does land, they might be getting great value if the price is right. Um, and you know where else you can get great value is with Built Bar. The people who invented Healthy and Tasty, uh, they've got a new product, Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. Uh, it's unbelievable. Built has given the Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment as well. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love. Deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. All Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing. But you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are good for you. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. Before we move on, Luke, to the Daily Three, I just want to say that if you're a loyal listener, watcher of the Ron Johnson Show, we thank those that are. That are. Um, we had a scoop for you. We told you earlier this week that Kyle Rudolph was down to a couple teams. It was the Bucks, and it was the Vikings. And today, what do you know? He signs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Gronk replacement, Kyle Rudolph. I think that's a good fit for him. I just think that when you can play with Tom Brady at this stage of your career, you do it. And I also think that the path to getting big reps in Minnesota was a little bit less with Irv Smith, the clear number one. Probably not as many two tight end sets. I feel like it's a good fit for Rudolph, Luke. Just uh, quickly, what do you think about that pairing? 
Oh, well, I know he's excited. How could you not be catching passes from the GOAT? I think he's really only competing with Cameron Brait. I'd have to look at the depth chart. I know they drafted the kid out of the University of Minnesota, Coquif. So that's going to be a fun little Minnesota connection there as well to watch. But no, I think this is a great fit. I think fans were certainly hopeful that this would be a nice reunion, a fun story for Rudy to come back to Minnesota and finish out his career here in purple. But again, new coaching staff, new front office, new regime, everything's changed. Maybe it's best that that chapter has finally closed. And now he gets to go not only play with the GOAT, but he's got a legitimate chance here. I'd have to look up the odds, but I think the Bucks are, what, seven or eight to one to win the Super Bowl. How great and sweet would that be, even as Vikings fans, to watch Kyle Rudy right out in the sunset, maybe with the Lombardi trophy hoisted up in the air. So that's a lot of fun to think about. Again, I don't know specifically what their offense is going to look like now uh, without Bruce Arians, still two tight end sets. I'm not sure they're splitting more three out wide. No Antonio Brown, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I know they signed Russell Gage. That'll be a heavy part of their uh, passing rotation. But Rudy at this point in his career can still catch some passes, still a red zone threat, still can pose the threat as a blocker as well on those play action passes. So I think it's a good fit. I'm happy to see where he landed. You hate to see the guys when they get this point in their career, like the Jerry Rice's and Chris Carter's kind of flop around from team to team and and kind of get washed out. And, and as you mentioned with Anthony Barr, kind of their legacy gets a little dampened towards the end. And I think this is a good fit on a winning team with a winning quarterback that Kyle Rudolph could have possibly hoped for. So I'm excited to see how this one all plays out down in Tampa. Mm -hmm. Well, Luke, I know when I appear on your show, you're putting me on the hot seat in your final segment of the show. Now we're going to flip roles. I'm going to put you on the hot seat and integrate you into the Daily Three, our daily segment, three topics, three minutes each. Uh, topic number one, Luke, the Minnesota Twins are two days away from restarting their season against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, coming off the All-Star break, they are 50-44, and 44, a two-game lead and a seven-game road trip coming up. Luke, uh, look on the roster. Tell me a player who's got to step it up in the second half of the season, really the final almost third of the season, 68 games remaining. Tell me who needs to step it up to make sure the Twins don't blow this division lead against Cleveland and Chicago. It's got to be Joe Ryan. If I had to pick one guy, look down the roster, up and down, scan that thing, uh, forwards and back. It's Joe Ryan. He keeps popping out to me. We know what the pitching staff has done. Far exceeded everybody's expectations. Uh, night and day from what we expected at the beginning of the season. But the last two, three, four weeks, the wheels have started to fall off a little bit. The things have started to come back down to earth a little bit. And that started with the number one ace, Joe Ryan, coming off that COVID list. Hasn't really looked the same since. Has had maybe one quality start in his last four or five outings. You need a number one pitcher you can rely on, especially in this pitching rotation, to take some pressure off. Starts two, three, and four. Once you get into the Sonny Grays, Bailey Obers, Dylan Bundys, Chris Archers, you need that one consistent guy especially if you think you're going to end up making the postseason. It's so critical and crucial, as we all know, to go win that first game. You got to have a, a, a number one ace uh, that you can just count on that gives you confidence. Joe Ryan should be that guy. If I had to go on the other side of the ball towards the bats on the offense, look, you got your big three. We know him. Luis Arise, Byron Buxton, saw him at the All-Star game. Carlos Correa, the big name. 
but they need a fourth guy. And I think it's too much to ask for some of these young guys like Miranda or Kirilov to step up already and be that guy. But maybe a Polanco or a Max Kepler, the guys that are already really good, but can they be great for just this second half of the season? Can they turn it on and take a little bit more pressure off those, uh, you know, big three players and add just one more kind of element into the mix, into the batting order? Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler, I think, are, are the next two best guys there in that lineup. If they can get hot and get on a tear, I think that would make a lot of sense. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to pitching in the second half for the Twins. And I think Joe Ryan is really going to have to uh, carry the burden uh, for, for most of the second half as that number one guy. Yeah, and it all connects on that pitching staff. If the starters can get back to where they were, then there's less pressure on the bullpen. Can you add to the bullpen and get another two arms in there? Um, I think Byron Buxton, though, needs to be his April and June self. I'm looking at his splits this year. Buxton in April hits 271 with six bombs. In May, 169. In June, 275. And in July so far, 161. He's mired in another slump. Oof. Byron Buxton is the engine of this team. And I'm guessing because of injuries, he's been up and down. He has not been the consistent hitter that you'd like. Byron Buxton needs to be his best self, and maybe this little break here will get him right. Uh, moving on, Luke. Jimmy Garoppolo, if this wasn't the case before, it is now. He has officially uh, been given permission to seek a trade. I'm not sure what that means. I assume that was already the case. And who is going to take him at this point in the game and what for? Uh, you look at the Baker Mayfield trade, Luke, a fifth-round pick in exchange in 2024, and they split the salary. Feels like Garoppolo's value isn't that much higher than Mayfield. Maybe a little bit based on his track record making a Super Bowl, making an NFC Championship game, but it doesn't feel like there's a super natural place for Garoppolo to land at this stage. Luke, your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is a tough one, man. I, I think they may be... I think they waited too long, Sam, to be honest. There's just <laughs> not a lot of options left. Seattle, really the only clear-cut choice that makes sense for both sides but even for both sides do the Niners really want to trade Jimmy G inside the division and not only that I think Seattle's only got about 17 18 million left in cap Jimmy G's contracts 25 million so uh some sort of contract negotiation would need to take place there as well I think really outside of Seattle you're getting really nitpicky you're looking at I don't know maybe Cleveland if Deshaun Watson they think he's not going to play the entire season um you know I know they have Jacoby Brissett but maybe they're already kind of all in on making a serious playoff run they think Jimmy G uh, going to the Super Bowl going to the uh, NFC championship game multiple times maybe he can bring more to the table than a guy like Jacoby Brissett but it gets thin quick I mean there's really not a lot of options now that you waited after the draft and so many what looked like potential suitors have now drafted their backup quarterbacks as well. Carson Wentz and now Sam Howell in Washington, Tennessee. You got Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis. Uh, it's tough, man. You're almost, unfortunately, hoping for some sort of preseason injury that takes place, a la what happened with uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota, and then they go trade for Sam Bradford. Right now, though, Seattle's really the only one that makes sense on paper, and even that is still looks looks like to be quite the long shot logistically if that were to go down. Yeah, cap-wise, I don't know if it works for Atlanta. They've only got about $11 million available. But again, if the Niners are eating some of that salary, 
as Cleveland had to do with Baker, well, maybe it could work. And I feel like right there with Seattle, you've got Atlanta in terms of like quarterbacks you don't really trust and Marcus Mariota. Desmond Ritter is not going to be ready this year. Desmond Ritter is the future. If Atlanta feels like, hey, it's a bad NFC, Jameis isn't going to be fully healthy, we can be a wild card team. Bucks will win the division, but we can be a wild card team this year. Um, maybe they make a run at him. I know their coach has said we're not tanking this year, even though that's what it appears like they're doing. Uh, would Atlanta be interested? I think that's one one other sneaky option, but again, the money there is tough. Um, I know they are trying to get their cap right after uh, after getting rid of Matt Ryan, but keep an eye on Atlanta as well. Last one, Luke. The 3M Open in Blaine. There's nothing like coming off the 150th Open Championship at St. Andrews and then everyone congregating in Minnesota. Um, I love my state. So it's going to be a pretty diluted field of golfers. A lot of golfers who might have competed are now in the Live Tour. Uh, a lot of the other PGA golfers are taking the week off. So it's not exactly star-studded, but it is professional golf in the Twin Cities. Are you interested at all? Oh, I definitely think so. I think there's, you know, still a lot of buzz and excitement, even though, hey, this isn't the Ryder Cup from, what, six years ago. But this is still one of the most popular growing sports still in America. I know it may not seem like it, but in a state like Minnesota, when you got such a tight window to get outside and go play some golf, it gets busy. I went into a, a golf galaxy, a second swing golf, a couple different stores looking for some new clubs. On a Tuesday afternoon, it was packed. Every stall taken. There is a lot of fans out there, although it may not feel like it. There's a lot of fans out there for golf and, and people that are excited that this 3M is in Blaine. Listen, the winner still gets $1.35 million. There's still 500 points on the line in the FedEx Cup playoff standings. You're right. Not a lot of the big names, but still got some good names here. Pretty Ricky Fowler, Jason Duffner, Lucas Glover, Jason Day, the uh, highly touted rookie Davis Riley. So mm -hmm. it's not quite the Ryder Cup. We know that. But I still think here in Minnesota, fans will take anything that they can get. I know there was still some celebrities out there yesterday, uh, guys like Rudy, Adam Thielen, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, and some others. So it, I think they did a good job of creating a lot of buzz and excitement around here. Although, again, maybe not as quite the highly anticipated event that we're used to seeing once the PGA finally does roll around here in Minnesota. Tennis star Marty Fish Marty is also Fish. in the field, another local Minnesotan. I could see Adam Thielen post-playing post career really making a run to trying to do the Marty Fish thing. I mean, Thielen is practically on the Pro-Am circuit. I mean, he's been in like half a dozen events this offseason, and he got third in Lake Tahoe at that big celebrity event. I think he only lost to like, uh, was it Romo? Romo won the event, and Thielen was uh, was third. So he's really, really good. I know the Vikings released a video where they had Thielen and Cousins and Peterson and Harrison Smith playing, and Thielen shot like a 34 on nine holes. The guy is legit. But um, back to the, the the subject at hand, I'm going to the event today. I'm going to see what it's all about. And, uh, and walk that course. I've actually never played TPC Twin Cities, and I've never been to a PGA event. So I'm just excited to see them in person and to see whether they actually are all really, really good or if the TV just shows me the good shots, right? Like if you watch a hole for an hour, are we going to see more bogeys or are we going to see more birdies, right? Like there's so many players. Uh, it's tough to know, like, are we really seeing – 
the average golfer when we watch on TV. I don't know if we are. Uh, Luke, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining us. Hey, always great to be on with you, Sam. I'm sure we'll see you soon on the Superior Sports Talk. Absolutely. Uh, that's Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. I'm Sam Ekstrom. In for Ron Johnson today. Uh, tomorrow, big plans on the show. Gabe Henderson of the Vikings Entertainment Network will host, and he has lined up former Vikings nose tackle Michael Pierce to join us. So make sure you uh, come around on Friday on the Ron Johnson Show on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.